0: so glad to be back hey Wendy hey everybody how you doing since last five minutes
1: uh, a lot has happened in this five <laughs> minutes no awesome. not really not really no very good very good
0: very underwhelming hmm oh okay hey we are super excited we have some awesome guests that you've probably heard of and if you have you probably have opinions. So we are very grateful. <laughs> uh, those of you know, I work for Life Church. I've been here going on 13 years, y'all.
2: Longer than me. Jeez. I'm not even that old. Wow.
0: Stop. <laughs> well, yeah, That's behaviorally, behaviorally, <laughs> it's just rude. He's not wrong. I mean. Anyway, so let's They don't even know who you're know. talking to. I'm yet. I'm making fun of you. Can and they you don't introduce know who you are. us, please? <laughs> Jeez. I, you could just introduce yourself. All right. We are here with Pastor Nathan Peternell, lead pastor of Life Church. That's me, Howdy. I know. I should find that applause button. And uh, Pastor Micah, our Noblesville campus pastor.
2: Woo! Hello.
0: Yeah, you guys have been raising up quite a firestorm.
2: Uh fire's do? a good thing. Fire's good. We, I mean fire's life saving. It's warm. It is warm. Save your did, life on cold we, days. Did we do something recently? I don't know. Idea. We do something every day. The are cancel culture is comes- Something we are unaware of. <laughs> <laughs> the cancel culture comes out for uh, like in full force <laughs> after us, which we love because we just bully the cancel culture when they come for us.
1: But
0: well, see, we did not cancel you. We welcomed you with open arms. Well, that and is very kind. Actually, it's your office, so thanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been awkward. But, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, anyway, um, so hey, you guys are just meeting Wendy for the first time.
2: Yeah, it's really nice to meet you, Wendy. Nice she's nice a professional meet, yeah. analyzer, and the way she looks at me when, like, she—I can tell her eyes say, "I'm, I'm analyzing anything about you." Eye. She does. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I feel very insecure when she, you look. Don't look at me, yeah, Wendy. That's the, why I brought <laughs> away. <laughs> look
0: away. That's why she's it's here. Like she's
3: <laughs> undressing you emotionally.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: okay, emotionally.
0: Yeah, it's really yeah.
3: Up. <laughs> emotionally, I
0: said I have,
2: emotionally. I have to use right. the cuss pun hey, for you this on normal JSP
0: podcast. People, <laughs> chill out. Hi.
3: Nobody swore.
2: Nobody
0: no, swore. No, no. I don't know. All right.
3: In my mind, maybe
0: raining it back in. So here's what we want to talk to you guys about. So Wendy is a licensed therapist. We both do life coaching. We actually met at a faith-based mental health gathering in Fishers, and just sort of clicked. It was kind of weird. It's like when you you sit next to someone, we had a 30 second conversation and it's like, oh, wow, we see the world the same. Let's have coffee. And Very many, cool. many gallons of coffee later, yes. uh, here we are. So she actually, well, I think she just saw a need in me. She's like, I'm interested <laughs> in life coaching and I need uh, a guinea pig. Hmm. That is true. And I, I see this, that. this I woman that. over here really needs my help.
2: <laughs> she's floundering. Oh, she's, she's floundering. Help her, somebody. <laughs> For the love, help her. Yeah. <laughs> uh it, okay. okay so wait did you say you drink gallons of coffee i don't like coffee and i've never understood why people drink it. it smells good but you have to don't you have to like learn to like it did you always like coffee
0: uh well okay i'm gonna be really transparent i like coffee with my cream
2: so with my sugar oh so mm-hmm. it it it's one of those
0: like a candy bar <laughs> agreed but see, we also drink coffee the same. So yeah, it needs to be dessert in a cup.
2: Oh yes. see that just doesn't make sense to me. Why do people go through you're forcing something why do you drink it anyway? That's what I just don't understand. Just drink what you like. Why it's, do you
0: It's hot. It gives you a little energy boost. It tastes hot chocolate good. is hot.
2: Mm-hmm. you go yeah, drink hot chocolate.
0: Yeah, but that's just sugar with no caffeine. <laughs> you just
2: said you drink sugar. Oh, you want the caffeine? Okay. Pastor
0: Nathan is actually—I mean, I don't want to say coffee snob, but
3: I am
2: you a.
0: You are coffee. very particular. I, I'm a
3: coffee snob, okay, and I didn't—I didn't mean to get to be a coffee snob. Somebody made me into one. But once you actually drink good coffee, then you don't want to spoil it because you realize you don't have to. Good coffee shouldn't be bitter. Good coffee is supposed to be smooth, so you don't have to add stuff to it.
2: And well, if
0: you add creamer, then it's better not. Better. I
2: only like those coffee beans that like the monkey eats and then poops it out, and then you you roast the beans. You've after never that. had that; it's $100 <laughs> a hundred dollars a cup. World. It really is. Have you never had that
0: before, Tina? I've not had monkey poop.
2: No, it really is. They sell it. They sell it for Super a lot.
0: Super appetizing. It
3: is. It, it's like it's like a hundred bucks a, a pound. Some, yeah, it's like crazy. A
0: pound yeah.
3: of I've never had
2: coffee it. I don't they,
3: think they, I could do it because essentially
2: what happens <laughs> well, is do
0: they weigh it before they? I have extract? no idea,
2: but it, it basically roasts some somehow in the stomach of the monkey. It like kind of like okay. begins to roast the bean. So that's why I don't do coffee in general because I'm always afraid that's probably the bean I'm getting right. Like some it went through a monkey. I just stick to energy drinks. That's how I get my caffeine. So, but I put it in a coffee mug. So people think I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs>
0: those are all, all right. Sorry. I don't even know, how we, got, right? I don't even know how we got in
2: coffee, but okay. That's all right. Yes. Sorry. This is not our show. We need to. I know.
0: Okay. Well, Hey, here's what we want to talk to you guys about. So we, the thing, Wendy is a self-proclaimed nerd, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, and we really bond in the idea of like watching people navigate life. It's mm-hmm. fascinating, like the lenses that they use and what do, what are do you doing? Oh, he's big. oh, I'm not close. Sorry. Okay. So we just really enjoy like how how figuring out like why people navigate life the way they do and what the effects are of that. If it works for them, if it doesn't work for them, how do they like it's just a fascinating thing. It's like people watching, but a little deeper, a little geekier. Mm-hmm. And not as creepy, not well, maybe, but no. she is
2: undressing me emotionally, <laughs> so that's kind of creepy. <laughs> I feel like, what a great name of a podcast, wow. addressing you emotionally. No, that's the slogan, like shooting <laughs> straight, where we undress you, you emotionally. emotionally. That's
0: it. You
2: are welcome. That, that, that would terrible. be uh, no. That'd that's be amazing. There is genius
3: in that.
0: <laughs> terrible. Wendy's thinking word. Sorry. Okay. Nobody swore. No. Uh, okay. So here's what we want to know. Cause you guys, um, so some people, we, we talked a little bit in the last episode about Enneagram, uh, which is a fascinating personality assessment, nine personality types. They all function in the world differently. And we all operate. Clearly we operate out of like um, some innate things that, that were God given um the genetics from our family and then our life experiences those those three things kind of develop like who we are and how we navigate the world right so your your approach to life I was going to say, at least professionally, but I know it. there is no lying for you. Like, you're always the way you are.
2: Why are you the way that you are, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Scott says that to Toby. So,
0: we have some questions for you. Do you want to start with a question, Wendy, or do you want me to? Sure, I will start with a question. So,
1: the boldness in which I have experienced even in the few moments that we've been together today <laughs> <laughs> the, things, the things that you say
2: no one ever says those things yes.
1: is this again to tina's point is this from birth was this model? <laughs> <laughs> where, where does this come from oh man that's a good
2: question uh i think for me my dad was always pretty bold i remember my dad he had a classic like line like he would he kind of had road rage a little bit uh and but he was he was never afraid to share his mind with people i remember and and that's probably one of his greatest strengths even still to this day but it also too sometimes can get you in trouble but one of his classic lines like this was back in the 90s like someone would cut him off and you know they'd he'd like be like what are you doing and and uh you know they would roll down their window and start like you know cussing at dad my dad wouldn't cuss he didn't cuss at people but he would say he's like i bet you voted for clinton (laughs) like he to start throwing he started throwing political bombs at him and I'm like dad what oh, come on what you you voted for Clinton like what if they did vote for Clinton they're going to be like, yes i did thank you very much you know like so but dad was always super like bold and uh and again i think a, one of his greatest strengths was that um uh, it could also you know could also be a weakness uh, at times and so i've had to learn to kind of temper you know temper that but i do know it is it, it probably came from that Beckwith gene um, and my, my uncles were that way. My grandpa was that way. Um, but, but with, with your greatest strength, you can also sometimes find your weaknesses too. And so, so you just had to learn how to, how to control that at times because you can certainly overstep in your boldness too and steamroll people and not, and not mean mm-hmm. to. So that's probably, that's probably my background.
3: Uh, Dad was also very, very bold, uh, very confrontational. Um, and, and you know he could he could be uh, volatile at a certain point. Everything is done with passion, um, and if it which mattered, that's
0: totally you eat nachos
3: with passion
0: with like this aggressive <laughs> take that nacho.
3: <laughs> no, I don't do anything non passionately. That's right.
0: There's not a gentle. <laughs>
3: Yeah, okay. yeah, but uh, just just <laughs> being, you see him, being you very seeing pet that cat over there like almost <laughs> kills the thing. Being being passionate about the things that matter, you know, especially for us, it was it was the word of God. It was justice. Um, it was the way God wanted things to function in the world. It was integrity and doing things righteously. Um, so fighting was not was not something that was bad. If fighting fights come to every man and we were not meant to go pick fights, but when a fight came to you, you were never to back down from it. Mm -hmm. And we could get in fights at school. And if as long as my dad, he taught us have a witness for the, somebody starting this with you. If they throw the first punch, you need to have a witness who says they did. Once that happened, you're now defending yourself and I expect you to win. And so we would get in trouble for getting in a fight. We didn't start. Um, and I think that just kind of, you know, I, I hear people say, well, violence is never the answer. Sometimes it's the yeah, answer. Absolutely, you know, like there are points where sometimes in my it head is.
0: I'm like, "Wendy, do you have openings in your practice? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm putting you on my calendar
1: right now, <laughs> <laughs> as we
0: speak. Just so you know, next Wednesday. That's right. There
1: uh, you, that's you go. You just it. show up. That's yeah. great.
0: That's awesome. But
3: the concept of men, uh, you know, being a man of war, and that's not bad. God is a God is a, a man of war, you know, and and that there's there's aspects that. We were very masculine family. You know, we had my dad and then three boys, and we turned my sister into a boy after that. And so, <laughs> Whoa, you know, uh, that's, that's called trans- not literally, okay. Okay. But she learned to think like a Where's, guy and she would beat up guys that were her same age. I mean, that wasn't really, if you have three older brothers, you're tough. That's funny. <laughs> Look at my favorite verse. I even got it
2: printed out right there. Do you see that? Uh, it says, The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name.
0: Exodus
2: fifteen. 3. Yeah, Exodus fifteen three. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, to your point, Nathan, one of the things that drew me to Life Church, I was so disenfranchised with the wussiness of the church. I've been, I've been in church ministry for fifteen years, and. And I, I remember just leaving, and, and I love the people that I worked with at my previous churches, so I don't want to, please don't hear this and say, oh, you're, you're bashing the church. And I'm not, like, they're good people. They love Jesus, but, but they are not warriors. They, they run from fights. They run, they cower in fear when they ever have to fight for truth. And I remember leaving uh, the last church I was at. I was like, Lord, where are the warriors like in in the kingdom i just want to be around like just the 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 mighty men of david where are those guys right and it wasn't long after that that i met nathan i remember the thing what drew me to nathan that was amazing he's I, he told me, he said, Micah, I feel like God has put the spirit of the war horse that we read about in Job. He's put that same spirit in me. And, and when the, when the trumpet sounds for battle, I begin to, to pound, to stop my hooves. And when I feel the the arrows and the quiver hit the side, I get, I begin to get excited for the battle and I run boldly into the battle. I don't run away from the battle. And, uh, and I was like, man, that, where has that been my whole life? You know? And, and so that, that was one of the things I was most impressed with Nathan. And to this day, I'll like, honestly, he lives that out. We've seen the cancel culture come after me, specifically being in the political world, happens, yeah. you know, every other week, kind of. But he's like, no, bring it on. And he's like, Mike, everything you're saying is backed up by God's word. I'm right here in the battle with you. The only person that can cancel you is me. And, and I'm telling you to get in the fight and fight harder. And so that has been awesome. And I'm like, that's the warrior spirit of, yeah. of Yahweh. Right there. Well, Well, I want to
0: talk a little bit more about the cancel culture and about feedback and negativity and criticism and all of that. And but one of the things I'm curious about, Wendy, is an Enneagram eight. Oh, hey, I know. I was like, as soon as I said, nine wing. Nine wing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm seven.
3: You care about relationships. My
1: husband is an eight seven. Okay. And I'm an eight
3: nine. Oh wow, two eights on the same roof. Yeah. Yeah. That has holy cow.
2: So I pray
0: for our children. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So as the Enneagram three who's Your trying children to figure out be booking, to be in the room. They're going to be booking time you with guys. you here pretty soon. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> an eight, okay. nine, yeah. and an eight, seven. Yeah, that's funny.
0: That is funny. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to let you you eight people kind of take this. Challenge each other. I'm, I'm just a three. I'm just trying to figure out who I'm supposed to be right now. <laughs> and I'm so. a seven. I'm a seven. I'm
2: laughing at all you guys. <laughs> 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 that's
0: right seven with a good eight wing there you
2: go that's right that's what i am so
0: are you id on the disc it
2: depends on the day di or id so every time i take it it's a little different okay those of
0: you don't know (laughs) disc is another personality profile and really the interesting thing is how much they all kind of you can put one next to the other and you can just see the consistency between them all so but how does like the way that they talk um because you are an eight now you Mm -hmm. do have the nine wings so Mm -hmm. you have that more uh chill kind of relationship focus but how does that resonate with you as an eight because female i I have found when i have met a woman who's an enneagram eight it's Mm -hmm. still a different energy Mm
1: -hmm. so yeah just think about this for a moment i'm a pastor i'm a female i'm an eight (laughs)
0: <laughs> just sit with Are that. you in <laughs> conflict with yourself? Yeah. It seems like something's wrong. I don't. That's how it's
1: felt for tw- over twenty years, right? Um, no, just hearing you guys talk as much as I'm giving you a hard time, that totally resonates with me because mm-hmm. that's how I think. That's how I talk sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on the environment that I'm in. And so, um, with the different hats that I wear, with counseling and pastoring, and mm-hmm. um, I think discernment is a piece of figuring that out. As far as how much of my eightness,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, being friends with all three of you, like, so where I see your nine, uh, a nine is the peacemaker, mm-hmm. and where I see that play out is your, your, you're more of like pausing to consider everything on the table and hear, you know, hear it out and listen it out, and the eight's like. Shut up! Quit your crying. Like <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're not like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes, all the time. Yeah. All the time. There's,
3: there's just so much of the, of that temperament that it just says truth matters more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And if you can't be true, you can't really love someone. Yeah. If you're holding back that which they really need to know. You, you you know the wounds of a friend are faithful and they're not willing to risk that's why they're not confrontational they don't want to lose the they, they don't want to possibly lose that friendship they're scared they might lose you or or you might lose them i i i just feel like love has to get into the part that that matters i had this young man And he told me, hey, we haven't gotten together just to like talk about our families and stuff. And I thought, well, first off, you made it pretty clear you really didn't want me in your life. Well, I'd never said that. Everything you did said that is kind of how I was feeling about it. But I said, what would we talk about? Well, we could just sit down and have coffee and talk about our families. I'd actually like to talk about something that you know, not, not just niceties. I want to talk about like, something. say
0: something that matters. That I, you, mean, those matter.
3: I didn't like, say <laughs> yeah, yeah. your family doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> that's
0: but, what just said. But, I want to talk
3: about
0: something that matters. Yeah, I mean, we can a, talk about family. But. Yeah,
3: but it was, it was kind of like, well, we're not going to talk about what really are the things that I'm, I look at your life and I'm, cause he was another young pastor. And I'm like, you're doing things and acting in ways that concern me. And I don't see that that matters to you. And if we were actually friends and we actually spent time together, I'm gonna talk about that. And I don't think you want to. And and therefore I know that this this probably this friendship doesn't have a lot of place it's gonna go, you know? Because you're 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 so reserved on talking about things that actually matter. I, I know I know an eight from my perspective, it's all about truth. What what's what's right.
1: I think the um, the key for me is same as far as the truth. That is, I don't want to do small talk. I want to mm-hmm. get to the root of what the big issues mm-hmm. are because I'm an efficiency person as well. It's yeah. like, let's just get to the bottom of this because the, the root feeds everything else, right? Yep. And so... Um, I think what my counseling training has helped me regarding my eightness is assessing how people can hear the truth that I'm hoping to share with them. Yeah. And depending on their wiring and their personality, sometimes if they're another eight, I can just say it.
0: Mm-hmm. Like Tina, we can handle it
1: when, when you sat down, you apologized when we got together. She apologized for not asking me how I was. because She, <laughs> I, just, she started talking. She about walked the in podcast. the door. I'm
0: like, well, here's the questions. Here's what I'm thinking yeah. of. An <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at her and I said,
1: I'm an eight. Like I don't need that. <laughs> so no, no apology needed. Yeah, we, we just got like, to what we needed. Yeah. Right. We just got to that. And so again, that can be a joke, but. I realize that everybody isn't wired like me. Mm-hmm. And so for me to fulfill that desire to share the truth, mm-hmm. assessing the people that I'm with and being able to determine. And like you said, the nine in me stepping back and observing mm-hmm. and going, that's going to have to be the approach for that person. So I think sometimes I throw people off because when I say I'm an eight, they don't experience me as an eight mm-hmm. in the typical fashion. And I'm also introverted. So that confuses people as well. That's different for an eight too.
3: Well, you have uh, a lot of times that people are, uh, I had one person when I first learned about the Enneagram, they said, can an eight even be a Christian? (laughs) And I thought that's the first thing I ever heard about the Enneagram.
0: Well, The very first thing I'm like, I'm I'm like,
3: geez, I hope so. Cause if that's what I am, then I just want you to know, I do love Jesus. But the second part is that, you, you have the counselor background and I've been told by counselors, I'm not a counselor mm-hmm. because counselors will ask questions, get people to self-discover for themselves. <laughs> You're I'm, like, Hey, idiot, hey, this, <laughs> this is why your life is messed up. I, I, I recognize <laughs> that I, a lot of th- things, you know, and then I guess part of your training is you get, you ask a question that draws that out mm-hmm. of them. I, I would say, you know, okay, I'm a pastor, I'm an eight, I'm male, and and I am a prophetic voice too, which is not probably going to ask you every question to get to that answer. If I can see it, then let's just call a spade a spade and let's move on, right? So that's where I, it sometimes, it really depends on the tactic that you take with people, but it's not my first language to ask Those questions, which I think gives you a a leg up that you have that, that training and, and then you go back to that so easily.
2: I have a question here real quick. I don't want to derail the conversation, but this is something somebody asked me this the other day and I didn't know, I didn't know how to answer Uh, which for, you know, for seven sometimes is like, you know, we always have the answers and it's always kind of funny, but uh, I...
1: (laughs) Or you think you're funny. Or we think we're funny.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny to me. I don't care what anyone else thinks. It's funny to me. But they said, what do you think Jesus was on the Enneagram scale? And doesn't Christ embody like isn't he the wholeness? Isn't he the full, the 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 true Adam, like the second Adam embodies all of God's goodness and God has created us all in his image. So does he embody a little bit of everything? And if so, no wonder he's called the man of many sorrows because he just didn't even know who he was. I mean, that would just be... That well, first be, off, he knew who he was. <laughs> no, so I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm making a but, joke, but I'm saying... But really, what do you say when they say like,
3: okay, what what was Jesus? like? I think he's the... He's the best part of every one of them. He, he, he's he's the all
0: that potential. is good. Yep. Yeah.
3: He's the full potential.
0: Okay. That's a that, great way to that, say it. That's good.
2: But but don't your. So, so you got. So, help me understand this because there's a healthy wing, correct? Or a healthy something or other on the Enneagram. Like, like
0: you have stress and growth. Mm-hmm.
2: So, okay. So he would have been the number plus the growth.
0: Well, the, it's your.
2: So like I'm a seven and, I'm and when I say something, I know I, you're going to
0: spin it, but I can't think no, of another just,
2: word. I'll yeah, say it. Come on.
0: So <laughs> your biggest asset is also <laughs> your biggest weakness.
2: Excuse me. what did you say? I know. I Where's theory. that bleep button Stop. when you need.
0: <laughs> okay. So. <laughs>
2: oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> no, but your, your strength, your strength. Right. That's the yes. word I want. The greatest okay. asset the strength, strength of your personality is also your weakness. <laughs>
2: So he would just have no weakness weakness to that. that. Yeah, That's good. I just didn't know how to answer. I was like, well, I would assume that he's, he embodies all of the good stuff. But how do you say that in the context of the Enneagram? Because like the uh,
0: eight is, is very bold and they challenge and that is a great strength until it's not right. right. And the same with like the seven enthusiast Mm -hmm. is enthusiastic and happy and go, 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 which is great until it's not. Do
3: do we all, so here's a question I have about the Enneagram because I'm not, remotely as studied as you guys are, but uh, I'm a two under, I'm I'm a two in growth. I'm a five under stress. And so I, I, I I like to be helpful. I just wondered, is that what happens to most eights? Are most eights those things? Or can they go anywhere from there on your, on your strengths and stresses, growth and stresses?
0: Those, I think those are primary ones. Yeah. You have, you everyone has all of them. Like to some degree, everyone has all nine personalities. That I don't know.
2: I don't really like helping people. <laughs>
0: just Except for Michael. <laughs> he, just, he has the weakness okay. of every kind. Wait, so
2: what's the, uh, what's the sevens uh, stress and the the growth? Do you know that off the uh, top of your head? Off the top of my head. I want to okay. say there's
0: a four connection. I
2: don't know. Fours are the artists, right? Are yeah. they Considered creative that? ones. Super creative.
3: I have a son
0: who's
2: a
3: four. Yeah. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, One of the questions about being bold because, Micah, you're a seven, so you're enthusiastic and you have that whole fun side, but you do have that bold. Like, you're very unapologetic. You're posting on social media all the time, which is kind of like, I'm bored. I need a little conflict in my life. (laughs) Like, boom. it's kind of true. His his wife
3: hides under the cover (laughs) She's
2: like, after he does this.
1: Make him stop. That was my next question. That's the question I'm getting to. So go for it. Now, my question was, Again, because I obviously don't know your families. I've just right. met you, so yeah. how do they respond to your boldness? Your well, family
2: or- doesn't matter, to Nathan. But for me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> wow. But for me, no. My my. So it, I think at first, I think boldness is a discipline. I think you have to learn to walk in it. And so for Susan, I think she was you know a little she's always been a kind of a peacemaker she's a six uh which uh loyalist right is that what a six is loyalist and so she likes to live in she likes to live in harmony she likes security i guess is what she is what she values and so she wants you know just the secure relationship she doesn't there's she's not really a conflict kind of person so being married to me where it's like conflict you know non-stop at first i think it was a little bit you know stressful but then as as we walk together in the, she kind of teaches me how to not always go after the conflict. And, and, and then I've kind of brought her into a place where she like teaching her, okay, here's the, this is why we fight. This is what we're fighting for. So that there's a time and a place to fight. And so I think I've given her a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, like, like she's walked a little bit more boldly because, so I think we've, we've been a good, a good team in a lot of ways, but it was it was. I mean, especially in the political world, when I ran for Congress, seeing your your name like like in the Indie Star or um, on media, and you know, media is you know traditionally they are always coming after the conservative Christians. I mean, they're not your friend. I mean, they 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 might give you some honest coverage at times, but for the most part, they're looking for every way to destroy you. And so anytime they, you know, Micah Beckwith, his name was in, you know, in media, I think it just kind of gave her a little bit of a, of a shake, shake up. And, but she's learned, I think really, she does that. She handles it really well now. I think she's, she's kind of learned that, listen, like God's got us. Which is
0: a testament to any inner work she's had to do because as a six, a loyalist, right? Their tendency is to worst case scenario and stress mm-hmm. over it and anxiety. Yeah. Like that's kind of their thing. So I'm like, I wonder if she like, okay, give me a safe house. Yeah, right. <laughs> Build the safe room.
2: A bag full of cash. Yeah. <laughs>
0: a, a go out bag. A go
2: bag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, no, we have those. Um, uh, no, <laughs> no, but she would, uh, I mean, uh, during the campaign, I remember one conversation we'd have a lot be like, well, you know, what if they discover something, right? Like, what if there's something in your background and like you've done something or you, you've said something from years past? <laughs> Confess to and me, I'm, husband. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, babe, there's literally like nothing that they could, like the worst thing that they found on me, and no joke, like the worst thing, I had made a uh, kind of an insensitive joke on Twitter that was just, it was insensitive. It wasn't like, it wasn't politically incorrect. It was just, it was just insensitive. And it was from 2012, Okay, so I was like in my mid twenties, and the, they pulled it up, you know, and they ran, "Michael it says this thing," and I'm like,
0: "So now in 2022, you do it on the daily, and <laughs> it's not right. a thing." I know, and <laughs> it was like, like, "We're
1: gonna desensitize everybody. <laughs> we're just gonna keep doing that."
2: I was like, and, "And and I was like, honey, this is the worst that they found. Like, and this was like, this was already six, seven months into the campaign. This is the worst they got on us. Oh my gosh, like we are fine, like." And so it was, I think after that, you know, after they really did their best and their best was nothing to even like, you know, you know, uh, balk at it was, it was fine.
3: So, yeah. Yeah. I'm married to a two and, uh, she is an introvert. Um, she, she's a pastor's daughter. So we're both assemblies got pastors, kids ourselves. So the culture side, you know, her dad was very very much like me in many ways. So that probably helped uh, her prepare for this. But, you know, when you're a public speaker and you're a preacher and you're talking out of your own experience and life, probably the, the big thing that's difficult with a big, bold personality is that I have to talk about things that the world doesn't necessarily want to talk about. So, you know, our world suffers because preachers avoid things. Preachers avoid talking about where you know, God's God's view on sexuality. Well, people struggle because they they don't know that the, the vision hasn't made it to them for what it should look like. And as a prophetic voice that, that just says, Hey, this is what the Lord has said, and I don't have to back down from what God has said. This is the domain of God. I have to I have to venture into those waters. That's not something she loves, but kind of like what you said, there are battles she knows need to be fought. It's the transparency with which I do it that for somebody who has lived in a glass house a, as a pastor's kid, then there's a battle between transparency and protect me. And what are people thinking? I don't have to think about every single thing a person's thinking in my, my head space. I have to think about, did I say what was true? What was the motive behind my heart? She hears things a lot as, what, what did they hear that, Nathan, you, didn't, you don't think they heard, but they may have very well heard? And that has caused a lot of conversations over the years for me to try and adapt to learning the wisdom of what she's trying to get across to me. But I will tell you, it's, it's very hard for me. It's just, I don't, it's almost like a different language. I don't speak that language. My language is to tell the truth. And I, pretense or, I don't want to say that in a negative way, but anything that's like, it's kind of how like Jesus says to Nathaniel, here's an Israelite in whom there's no guile. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I am. I mean, this is who I am at home too. And I just feel like it's easier just to live one mentality than have to worry about what everybody's thinking about, everything you think your friends will never believe badly about you and your enemies will never believe anything good. So I pick my side. I know who I'm trying to protect. I'm an eight. I'm protective. I'm protecting my people.
2: And I don't know, man. I think badly about you sometimes, especially during this weight loss <laughs> challenge because you were lying about your weight. I wasn't. Lying. Yes, you were we many no. times. You were calling no. me
3: anorexic. <laughs> You didn't
2: you eat guys all month,
1: girls. <laughs> <laughs> like sitting,
2: I thought it's, we were the girls. In 2022, we know. could be. All right. So, uh, yeah. No, uh, oh, that's funny. Uh, I, you know what's funny? When you're telling that story, it made me think of like, uh, you know, how we were, we knew the battle was here and we had to do something. So we started our podcast. So we were driving up to go to uh, Marlon and Christy Stutzman's place up at the, up in Amish Acres there. She has puts on the play, which is awesome. Like they've got a theater company, but the girls were in the back and you and I were up front, we were talking about the, this podcast that we knew we had to do because we were just like, we, we've we got to like speak truth out into the airwaves however we can. And so so we were like, well, what are we going to call it? Right. <laughs> and uh, I think it was you, Nate. And I was like, at some point you said, dude, we should call it Jesus, Sex,
3: and Politics. Well, it first started with sex and politics. Sex, so let's just call it the, sex and politics. Right. And then the women got oh, out of their conversation and immediately spoke a, up and no. go, no, no, <laughs> And I said, girls, those are the things that the world needs to talk about. They're the things we're not allowed to talk about in polite conversation. And then I said, but there is one more thing we're not allowed That's to right. talk about. It's Jesus. It's got to be Jesus sex and politics. And they go, no,
0: <laughs> no, I want on the record. I voted for that. Did you Did really? You? Oh yeah. Amazing. I absolutely That's awesome. voted for that.
2: Well, so,
3: it had the most votes. People it loved it when they are we,
2: we yeah, we said, okay fine, we'll take it to the airwaves. we'll ask we'll put it on social media and we'll, you know, we had about five other options and and that was by far the most popular. So. Okay,
0: so let me ask you a question. Um, there's, you know, we we've talked about all kinds of different personalities and we got disc and Enneagram, all of that. But basically, there has to be not just personality, not just uh, upbringing or environment, but there has to be, Something in you, an inner confidence and inner courage, that is probably applicable to every personality, right? A, a two needs to be able to be courageous. It, it might look different, but they need to be able to do that in their world, right? A one, two, three, like all of us. So, what if if I if I came in as a three, right? So an Enneagram three is. Um, we're known as the performer achiever, but very concerned about being who we need to be in the room. Right. So sometimes that can be hard to be bold because maybe bold isn't welcome in this room right now. Mm. So it's constantly reading like what you're supposed to be, how you're supposed to perform. So, Mm. so there's a whole like mental gymnastics thing that happens to create courage in and of itself. Right. Because If I'm in a room where someone else is courageous, this makes me sound like such an awful, weird person. (laughs) But, like, if I'm in a room where, like, Wendy's being courageous, I can be courageous with her. Like, I can get there. I can go there. On my own, I can be like that. But if I feel like the room isn't welcoming of that, Mm -hmm. then, you know, my tendency would be, like, like bring it back. Mm -hmm. So how... What is your secret? Is it just you just don't think, you just don't care? Or, like, do you ever have to do? I know for Micah, but. Yes. <laughs> I know. But Kidding. do you have to, like, do you ever, do you have internal strategies sometimes? I mean, you are humans yeah, and you no. believe you, you do have a heart somewhere in there that cares a little about people and what they think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we I know you have big hearts.
2: So but. that, that was, I had to learn and wrestle with that. Uh, again, going back to the campaign that I ran in 2020, cause I'd walk into places that were like, I was out of my league big time. You know, I knew like the money was just through the roof the influence was through the roof and here's little me coming in and all i have is truth right like all i know is truth i just know what god's word says and i know what our nation was built upon and that's it and so i i i would i would wrestle with this and be like lord this is not the audience that this is not my crowd i don't know how to i don't know how to be bold in this in this setting and the lord really just convicted me he said micah Stop thinking about what they're thinking of you and start thinking about what I'm thinking of you. Amen. And and that when that when that kind of finally set in, we we're, we're, we're really every day I wake up and say, "Lord, I don't care what anybody else says about me. I care what you say about me." So, let me speak the words that make you proud. Let me do the things that make you proud as as a son to who to you. Um I there's just this vision like the Lord as it, I feel like back in about 2019, God gave me this vision of like myself. And it was, it was this young lion, this cub. Right. And and like, in it kind of like teenage years, right? Like, and I, I still feel like that's a little bit me, but, but the Lord was just holding me. Right. And I'm like, let me add him, let me add him. Right. He's just so oh, patience, like, hold on. Like, and you know, so he's the, he's this father lion, He's like the Aslan figure. And, and, and finally in about 2020, he said, all right. And he, and he let me go and he said, now go do what I've made you to do. And, and it was like 2020, it was just off, off to the races. And I just, I sprinted out of the gates. And in so doing, there's times where I can hear his voice and that's like, let me get you back on track. You've got off a little bit. There's things that you didn't do that are exactly right, but he's been guiding me in this. But when you get back to that place of my, my identity is who God says I am. My reality is what God says is real not what the world says is real. When that becomes your daily, like DNA, then you, you, you live exactly how a three should live. You live exactly how the eight should live. You live exactly how God created you to live. You don't think twice about it. It doesn't matter what room you're in. It doesn't matter who you're around because your audience, and this is kind of cliche, but your audience is an audience of one. Yep. And yeah. and I think that's that's really what, what changed everything for me.
0: I know yeah. uh, something that challenged me as a three. <laughs> it was a quote. It's like, Get over yourself. Not everyone's thinking about you as much (laughs) as you think, right? That's right. They're all thinking about themselves on the same level that you're concerned about yourself. So just relax. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah.
3: yeah. I think uh, what I would say that that I think a lot about when it comes to truth, when I hear something that's not true, I identify it as a counterfeit and I hate what is fake and not, there's no life there Mm -hmm. because I... I really do love people, but I'm willing to protect, you know, it's kind of like I I say, Donald Trump is probably an eight, right? Um, And he loves people. His way of loving people is to protect them from those that want to hurt them. And I'm very protective. Um, When I hear people believe a lie that I know is not true, I have to protect them. First person I have to protect them from is themselves. You've you've bought something that's not what God says, and I think that that's what the Lord, what really wants from me is to make sure that I say what He has said. He's the King, and the King, you you don't have the right to mess up the King's policies. You don't have the right to misrepresent the King. You you have to stay true because he's the Lord and the master and we are his servants. So don't say he says stuff he doesn't say.
0: Amen.
3: And I get angry. There's That's where the anger comes out. The anger is you are saying something the king has not said, mm-hmm. and that's going to hurt you. Uh, I think of people who who ask me to call their daughter a boy's name and they're mad and they're thinking about leaving the church over something like that. Well, I'll never do that. I'll never call her a boy's name because that's not what Jesus called her. God made the male and female. And if that's what the identity he's placed on her, I will never do that because I don't have that authority. And I'm not going to sit by while you do it and tell you it's okay. Yeah. So it is grounded in, at the end of the day, you know, I my mom and dad, I think are proud of me. But they're proud of me because I represent the king they taught me to love. Yeah. And and therefore nothing else really matters to me but that I'm that I'm true to what he has said is true.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of Wendy that whole kind of philosophy of life is why we hit it off so much. Like that's why this podcast is what it is. Like the truth hurts sometimes. You it don't does. always like what the truth is, but you can't change the truth so that you're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm super excited about eventually we're going to do this again and talk about the deconstruction movement. I know pastor Nathan, oh, you, I hate it. I don't, I know it's, it's just out there. It's, it's almost like a trend or a fad
3: or demonic.
0: It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's really ridiculous. Um, and it's all that it's all yeah. reframing the gospel. So it's all that victim
3: mentality. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's something that, that looks back and it, you know, the first time I even heard of deconstruction mentality or whatever you call it, this movement, I remember somebody that I love very, very deeply is doing this. Yeah. And everything that they were taught, they're calling abuse. And I'm thinking, that's not abuse. And that's not how we said that. You're spinning that. That wasn't our heart at all when we taught you that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like the spirit of the enemy that says, did God really say and questions the whole thing yeah god really did say it and he didn't say it like that right. you know you're you're just letting the enemy come in and do that i hate that
0: yeah well we're about out of time wendy did you have anything else you want to
3: i will see you them? on wednesday okay. wendy i'm okay. sorry you have book, book, well, book, book two it, or yeah. three hours straight i'm sure yeah. we
1: need <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i guess i'd just like to say just Sorry, had lots of thoughts while you guys were talking. But one, one synopsis. She took a here. lot of notes. <laughs>
2: she does have her notepad in my and, head. She's like, like page oh four my right gosh, now. We
1: need so much help. No, <laughs> um, but this. I mean, again, I think why we're all passionate about this, the subject today, what we talked about earlier, is just this is a matter of life and death, right? It is. That's yeah. right. This isn't about right and wrong. This is about life and mm-hmm. death. Yeah, and life is God gave us life. He created us. He is life, and the wages of sin is death. And mm-hmm. so again, why would we we want to bring salt and light to the world so people will live to their fullest potential and what God created them to be? And so again, we're all going to approach this in all these different ways based on how He wired us, mm-hmm. um, but the
0: goal is the same. Yeah, so. yeah Amen. And putting that's salt good. on wounds doesn't always feel great. No, but, but it what hurts what we, so good. It hurts so good. <laughs>
2: that's a great tagline. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, we were we were aging ourselves with John Cougar, John Cougar oh, Mellencamp, John yeah. Mellencamp. Yeah, all that happened. Good stuff. He's yeah. from Indiana. Seymour. Yes. Yeah. I'm loosely, very loosely. No, you're like, not related. To him. <laughs> no. I
2: thought you were gonna say no. Troy. I loosely, very loosely dated him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you can you I missed. Pastor you Micah? missed. Uh, try, just try.
0: Hey You'll guys, love it. we are so glad you joined us today on Shooting Straight Podcast with Tina and Wendy, where
2: we. Emotionally
3: undress you (laughs) That's the new tagline Like like them, share them And get this message out there That's right
0: Hey, be sure to check out Jesus, Sex, and Politics With Nathan and Micah How do you say it? I'll
2: be like, and I'm Micah And I'm Nathan And we talk about all the things Culture doesn't want to talk about
3: That will scare you Boom
0: Yeah, well join us for this one again We'll be here where we love the truth Even when it hurts Yikes